0: Hello, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Uh, another good episode today, because if you've listened to this show or watched the show before, thank you. That's very nice of you. I hope you enjoyed it. But I like analytics. I like data. I do not, what, I, what is the saying that you've heard me say a million times? If it's a gut feeling, it's probably indigestion. Um, I believe that. 90% of the time, right? There's sometimes gut feelings do weigh in on your decisions, but in the world of digital marketing, you really need to be looking at your marketing analytics. And when I have questions about analytics, I always turn to my friend, John, Um John is a a producer and a co-host of Marketing Over Coffee and is a partner of Trust Insights, which is an agency that lights up dark data for marketers. Dark data is stuff that we can't get our hands on. It's (laughs) the dark web, folks. It's this data that is so insightful that you can never get your hands on. See, this is why I'm a marketing nerd, because I'm getting excited about data. Um, because data is what we need to know um, in order to prove our spends, to prove our ROI, to prove our worth if we've hired somebody that we have to vet to our, our superiors. So um, John is um, John Wall is going to join us in just a second. Before I bring John on, I wanted to just tell you a little bit more about the Social Marketing Academy. Um, we've been around for many, many years delivering the best guests that we possibly can from my network of peers. So uh, I've always been asked how can I get in touch with this type of person that does this type of service. I just decided to bring them to the forefront and give them give them a platform to tell everybody more about themselves, because I only work with fantastic people. And if you're looking for specific help in specific areas, these are the people you need to turn to. So how do you get in touch with these individuals? Well, if you go to my agency's website. My agency is the Go Agency. We are a social media marketing agency going into its 13th year in business. And um, on our website, gosalesandmarketing.com, you'll find our podcast page. Boom, it's all there. It's all the links to our past guests, a video of our past shows, where you can listen, where you can learn more feel weird reaching out to somebody, um, just get in touch with our web form and say, hey, would you mind giving me an introduction to one of the individuals? And I'll more than happily do that for you. Um, I want you to be just as successful as everybody that um, I've had as a guest on the show is. much like John, who I'm going to bring in right now. Also, while you're on the website, don't forget, there's going to be our brand new bi-weekly newsletter, which is the Bulletproof Marketer. Please, when that comes across, it'll pop up. Sign up for that and get some pretty good and pretty funny marketing and digital marketing trends in your inbox twice a week. But I can see that John Wall is here. So, John, welcome to the Social Marketing Academy.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here today.
0: That's excellent, excellent. I was just telling everybody just a few things about you, but would you like to introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Sure. I'm a partner at Trust Insights. We spend most of our time helping our customers just figure out what's going on in their world. We have so many uh, folks that have tons of data that aren't able to process through it or don't know how to get through it. And so that's, you know, the short story of what we do. And then I'm do the Marketing over, Pod, Marketing over Coffee podcast with Christopher Penn, if I can talk today, um, which has been, we've been at it for over 15 years now. So we've been in this game forever. And um, that's also a whole interesting community, a bunch of fun stuff going on.
0: So with your podcast with Christopher, when, how did you, um, what kind of drove you to start
1: that? Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's funny, you had asked me about questions that people ask me. And one is, you know, like, what do you do? Like, my family doesn't understand what I do. You know, I can't, when at Thanksgiving, nobody wants me to to jump into a speech of what my life is like and what the workday is like. And so that's really where marketing over coffee came from. Was for me to have a chance to sit down with Christopher Penn, my co-host, and we can talk about like what happens in marketing on a weekly Amen. basis, um, and you know, and we understand each other, and everybody in the marketing over coffee community too uh, are dealing with the same kinds of things. So yeah, it's just a chance to talk about what's going on with some people who actually understand and be able to share. You know tips about what's actually working and doesn't work, and and what's going on in the space.
0: It's so funny because you know what? Um, I always I was talking to somebody the other day when just because getting together with people once again, and um, it was somebody. And I'm like, well, what do you do? And I'm just like,
1: oh,
0: geez, I haven't had, I haven't had to explain that in so long <laughs> to the At outside world. And because it's immediately, because what happens is they're like, so what do you do? You're a really engaging person, and their expression goes. Huh.
1: Uh, (laughs) words, 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 words,
0: words, words. words. And it's funny because um, as a a kind of being in the same industry um, and dealing with, you know, dealing with data, dealing with analytics, dealing with the digital landscapes, it's like almost like Stockholm syndrome in a way. So you feel that you might be going crazy. You're not exactly sure if you are or not. Um, And, and having, um, and I did something very similar I started to reach out to. Um, I actually found a really fantastic outlet. There's different groups that are doing like little meet, meetups on Zoom and little and where they talk about running their agencies and they talk about different things, and it's really healthy to have that have that outlet.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, and I, there's another interesting thing in this too, in that yeah. the pandemic is was kind of okay for us. I think anybody who's running an agency like you're doing, Uh like we wake up every day and we have no idea what kind of storm is going to hit us. Like everything is insanity every single day. And so for us, the pandemic, I I actually kind of feel kind of guilty because- When I see other people freaking out, I'm like, yeah, no, this is this is how the world works. Actually, everything is a complete disaster every single day. Yeah. And, you know, just because your job allowed you to kind of go in every Monday through Friday and have a predictable nine to five like that's, you know, I'm sorry you're there. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of bizarre. In some ways, I feel a lot less alone by what has happened over the past year and a half.
0: Oh, my gosh. I, I, I feel. Can I say vindicated? I, I, I want to say vindicated <laughs> because one of the things that happened more, more than anything was um, it with clients that I loved. And I would say it just got to the natural end of our relationship. And I was saying, well, here's other avenues that you can go into. They're a little bit out of the box, but what do you think? And they're like, no, you know, we're just not ready for that. So I had a lot of things that were on the shelf. And then over the last eight months, eight to 10 months, everybody was pulling stuff off the shelf and looking at it going, maybe we can do this now. And so I was looking at my, uh, and I'm sure this is the same thing that you see, uh, looking at your book of business or looking at your clients and going like, wow, it's different types of clients. There's a different level of engagement with the work that we're doing. Um, I'm so much happier with work that I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm just <laughs> doing things and just going like, just, throwing results at, at the client and hopefully hits them like dodgeball. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, if they, yeah.
0: and if they catch it, you're out, you know, um, it, it's, it, it's really nice to, to have that feeling. Now, one of the things that, you know, as my go-to guy, when it comes to uh, marketing analytics, have you seen more people leaning into the analytics side um, of marketing?
1: yeah there i mean because you've hit on something for some reason this is well it's it's pretty specific this is a chance to reboot you know they're looking at a bunch of their pro- processes that they're already changing because people are not in the office now or um, a lot more people are now hitting their website and consuming a ton of content that they've never been doing any before. Yeah. So there's a lot of change. And so, yeah, and part of that, being able to measure what you've got going on, like that's definitely a system that people want and, and need to have. And yeah, over the past year and a half, it's, it's all been for us, like we'd really like to get to that one-to-one uh, attribution model. You know, we'd like to know that, okay, we ran these five campaigns. Here's the 10 customers that came out of that, what they did, like that kind of drilled down um, yeah, there's more than ever people want to get to that. Like they understand that that can happen. They don't really know how to get there or what it's going to take, but they're interested in kind of finally connecting the dots and figuring out how that all works.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I, I find it really refreshing. And I think it's, um, it's, I mean, I had a client actually ask me, we were doing um, boiled down reports and we said, if you'd like something that's a little bit more in depth, always ask us. And, and we say that on every time that we gave them the boiled down report. And then one client started asking for them and I said, well, just want to let you know it's like a 25 page analytic report and they're just like, no problem. And they're just like, wow, did you see this? And Did you see this? And I'm just like, I was excited about this like six months ago, babe. Like, uh, you know (laughs) what I mean? I'm, I've always been excited about this, but it's, it's getting you excited. So it's, it's really interesting um, to see how attitudes have been changing. So another question I'm sure that you get a lot, because I do as well, which is, how do I grow my business? That's pretty open-ended. But, I mean, that's kind of how it goes when people ask you questions from the internet. So (laughs) how do you you grow your
1: business? Yeah, the... The thing that we see most often is that people are just spread out way too thin. The the biggest mistake we see clients making is, you know, they get this pot of money and they're immediately like, like, "How can I sprinkle that around to twenty places?" Yeah, and and what will work? And most of the time, what we see is, no, you really need to. In fact, we ascribe to this whole traction model. Um, Justin Weinberg, Justin Mayer, and uh, Gabriel Weinberg have this whole. Um, body of work that they created as far as like, where should you be spending your money and where have successful companies spent their money and become good at. And the thing that they saw over and over again is you really start with three channels, you know, just pick three areas to Mm -hmm. as your first campaigns. And those are the things that you can get to. And the big learning from that is that we see this all the time with channels, like whether it's, you know, ads for social or search engine optimization or whatever you're getting into, when you jump into one channel and spend the majority of your effort at it, the learning curve is huge. You know, you fail a lot in the beginning and you start to get better at whatever it is. And then ultimately you want to get to that point where there's diminishing returns. Like you're saying, oh, we could throw more money. We can't throw more money at these ads because we're getting all the traffic that's out there that's relevant. You know, we finally figured out how to dial it in. Um, so, you know, that's really a big part of it is kind of focusing and getting good at certain things. And then, and so that's, you know, at the startup stage, you're picking the three. We deal with a lot of mid-sized companies where they're already doing seven or eight of them. So it's getting those right. And then, you know, your ultimate goals, hopefully you're, you know, there's 20 possible channels you can work on and you've got teams working on all those, but you, you've specialized. So that dialing into individual campaigns and, and you know, which tactics you're going to focus on is really um the challenge you know getting good at specific things and and then the thing that we provide you know it's not only the analytics of looking at your own data but it's also understanding what the industry benchmarks are you know being able to go in and say hey we've got 10 other companies like you and they're doing good in these three or four channels so we need to understand why you're not doing well in those
0: okay things to amplify okay choosing three channels please this is great advice this is like (laughs) amazing advice Um, it's something when, when I'm consulting, um, or talking to a prospective client, I always try to get them under five as fast as possible and down to three, ideally. And what will happen, interestingly enough, they'll say, you seem really interested in only three. Is that the only three that you can do? I'm like, "Hun, no, this is, I could do a lot of these things, but it's not in your best interest. Because being a Jack and Jill of all trades is not necessarily what you should be doing when you're launching your company. You should be putting money into a sizable amount of money into a smaller (laughs) number of channels in order to check efficiency and results. And uh, it's really interesting. I mean, do you feel that you have to talk people out of doing more or do they say, well, why shouldn't I just do everything? Should I be doing them
1: all? Yeah, we we definitely have to talk people into that. And there's you start to hit a cultural thing of depending on how big their team is, if they've got people sprinkled all over the place, mm. that gets to be a problem. But yeah, the, I'm totally sure you've seen this of somebody that's spending like a hundred bucks a month in 10 different social channels. You know, they've got Insta, Pinterest, Google, Facebook, all of them with these tiny little campaigns that they're running. And it's just it, it's so much running around and twisting dials, and you don't have enough results to be statistically relevant. Like you don't even really know what's working. You just got lucky here or there on a couple of channels and you're doing it all. And yeah, it's changing that mindset to go in there, try and mine everything you can out of a single mine. And that will give you an idea whether that channel is even worth chasing at all.
0: And, and something else I want to, I, I, I love all of this. Um, this is on me all day long. Another thing is I'm, I, I you can see it kind of just in the corner. I have my whiteboard that I just, was, I just did a whole brain dump this morning. Cause I was thinking about things um, during the shower and I was like, I have to write it all down. I have benchmarking. I have like five categories of benchmarking on the board that I wanted to apply to a couple different clients just as a check-in. And anytime I mention it, benchmarking seems like a new concept. And <laughs> I, I, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time, but, <laughs> yeah. but whenever someone says benchmarking, I think to a client, they think, oh, this is some marketing term that we don't know. If you are running benchmarkings with your direct competitors on social or platform specific things, and you can take a look at their activity and you can find out, for example, when, when people will come to us and say, we want visibility. I'm just like, you just want visibility. Um, you don't. Uh, I mean, let's get let's get you let's, let's focus on the both sides of ROI, right? We want the return on influence as well as return on investment, and so we'll build metrics on both of those and smart goals associated. How the hell do I get to those without understanding what the industry is looking like? What 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 you've been doing for the last twelve months? What your competitors have been doing for the last twelve months or longer? And coming up and finding out that in your industry, I could get two mentions. A month and blow your engagement competitively out of the water. So why would I be pushing a rock up the hill that I can just slingshot it up there and focus on something else for you? And it really does come down to looking at that data. I, it's amazing though, because I, I think with I think there with social media in particular, because that's kind of my key area. I find that nobody's really looking at those numbers really closely to the point where. They're making, because they're like, yeah, I don't really know if this campaign is working. And it's like, well, industry, industry speaking, we're, we're, you're killing it. I mean, we had a, we had a client that um, we had aspirational goals with something that was an indirect competitor. And they were surpassing the indirect competitor. And we said, we we're like, wow, I like, give us an award. I mean, like, we really <laughs> nailed it. And they said, Oh, that's an indirect competitor. That's, that's meaningless. And it's like, Whoa, okay. We got to talk about that because that's very meaningful data for you. And, um, but I say, I digress, but benchmarking is very, very important, but not throwing your, throwing your money at everything. So it waters down your results. uh, I mean, it's, it's hard, I guess, sometimes for people to understand that.
1: Yeah. They don't get there. And it's, the only way to get them there is to finally get them to do it. If they see, they get over that hump of like, Oh wait, we, you know, doubled our spend, but we tripled the results. Cause that is the way it happens is up at that top 10%. Suddenly it starts coming in cheaper. You know, you, all your other competitors are all playing at this level. When you bump up to that next level, you're alone. And you get it all, you know. It's like if you're just doing the generic content that everybody's doing their top ten list, that's cool. But <laughs> if you do the one, you know, the ten things you have to do in Miami, that's specific to Miami. Suddenly, boom, you know, the rest of the traffic all snaps up to you. There's there's all kinds of stuff on that front, and yeah, I don't know. That's a, a great question about how. It's kind of like the vision into the, how the programs are doing only go so far, you know, they kind of look yeah. at a topical level and at the numbers level and they don't see further. And like one great example of that is like, we have had, when prospects come in, we run the reports and we're like, oh my God, their organic stuff that they're pushing is just killing it. Like we can tell that like, these are people we need to work with because they don't even understand how well they're doing or squeezing everybody else out. And uh, so, yeah, those are the ones you love to, to come across. It's much easier uh, to, to tell them that they're doing a fantastic job as opposed to saying, oh, here's the benchmarks and you're really not hitting any of them.
0: Oh, what, okay, so here's another thing. Speaking about that, um, that I think is a misunderstanding about our, our industry collectively, which is that we will always tell you to spend a lot of money in order for us to start getting the results that are meaningful for them. How do you respond to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, in general, that's good, not accurate advice, because we see this all the time, where if they focus on the right terms or or channels or whatever, you know, you hit these things where they're spending 45 bucks a month on this one campaign, and they're getting all the hits that they can get out of it, like they, even if they spent more money, it's not going to make a difference. So yeah. I don't know. I haven't, there's been, I haven't been able to come up with any kind of rule of thumb on that. It's mm-hmm. just more of a, you right. need to spend enough to get statistically relevant results. You know, if you get to a point where you're getting like 35 conversions, then that's, you know, maybe you've got enough to get one standard deviation there and you're, you're okay. And then, right. and of course, I, I say I don't have a rule of thumb. 35 is kind of a rule of thumb that I'm, I'm going by. I mean, it's not, a, it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're not into the, 90% accurate, but it's at least giving you some kind of ballpark so that, you know, if, you know, you're running these campaigns and you're getting five, seven, 12 results a week, that's, yeah, you've got to put either more money in or focus down more or whatever you've got to change because you're not um, getting there. Um, the only big exception to that would be like some kind of consumer good. You know, if you're just trying to get a million eyeballs on your beer before the super bowl or whatever well yeah Yeah. then you can just pour gasoline on the fire and and that can make a difference but for most things yeah it's more strategic than just adding budget
0: i think also going on from that is i find a lot of the times um well i mean because we're problem solvers by nature and you know looking at a campaign and someone saying i want to get um this number this conversion rate on a budget of this much money and then the website is down Twenty percent of the time, Um, (laughs) it takes forty-five minutes to load. It's not optimized for Android. Um, I I mean, someone that has really poor sight designed it. Um, it, It's there's so many different factors that you have to factor into that, and it's it's um, sometimes we have to actually say, you know, before we start this, and before you spend, um, you should do this, this, and this. I don't do that. And one person said to me recently, you know, um, you're leaving, I feel like you're leaving money on the table here. And I said, I feel like you want me to lie to you. <laughs> I'd rather be honest and tell you I don't. I can't and help you find someone that'd be great. And then if you don't come back to me, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I like you, I'd like to work with you, but you know, come on. Um, But it's just, it's interesting. Um, Sometimes people just
1: want what they want and that's it. Um, Yeah, no, you totally hit that. You know, we say, if you go into Google search console and it's just this red waterfall of anger, dude, fix that. You have got to get that straight. Like, Like, you know, because... Just everything else you do, Google is going to be like, yeah, go take a hike. We're not sending people to you because this is garbage. And yeah, yeah, people do. They, they want the quick fix. And I don't, we haven't found an easy way around that. For us, it's been, no. look, step one is let's go through and see everything that's broken and make sure that all yeah. this stuff is working right. Because really, there's no way we can scope anything on top of that until we know if the foundation is good, you know, and, and yeah, there's no way around it.
0: Yeah, I what what we've done is I I will I will say you know, okay, do you want me to help you fix your journey or your funnel or whatever? Um, I say journey just because it's kind of usually what the, what's broken, and um, they'll be like, well, how much is that going to cost? And it's just like, I think your emotional costs are going to be more high <laughs> than anything. I'm going to be I'm going to break your heart a little bit. So I I, I want you to understand that I'm here. To pick up the pieces of, of your previous broken relationships, I could take you to the next level and help you. And that's going to save you money for years to come. And um, usually when I have that approach, we are able to help them. We are able to get in and show them things and just like, oh, hey, here's the good news. Your site's on. Okay, right. bad news. <laughs> no one's in there. it's gremlins in the background it was built on a like it's a half-played game of jenga in your wordpress (laughs) platform um but i digress so um other questions i wanted to um i wanted to ask you uh you know one is what if x is not working how do we fix it like if you're looking for if if there's a, a specific problem that is within the infrastructure of the marketing or and their analytic that the analytics is kind of pointing to, what do you do? Like, how do you approach it?
1: Yeah, you know, for us, obviously, we always go back to infrastructure. I mean, as we're talking about, and a lot of times that is just the case. Like for a lot of clients, where email is not doing what we think it should be doing, it's just because they don't have the tracking code set up properly. You know, we just see that so much. Where in marketing departments, there's this process of kind of, they pick one channel and like you do all the creative and all the links for that. And then everybody just grabs that and clones it into the next social network and into email and and other places. And so, yeah, like I had a client a couple of weeks ago where I'm digging into the Twitter feed and it's none of the tweets actually had Twitter as the source. you know They were all LinkedIn Mm. or the website or the email, like wherever people had copied them from. So, so much of it for us is just getting some, compliance and process around, okay, this is how we do track everything. And, you know, as opposed to saying, hey, just go with this one vendor for everything, which, you know, yeah, you have one throat to choke, but it's going to frustrate you because it does everything sort of poorly. You can, if you build the structure of like, okay, here's how we build the links and we make sure that these are rolled into every channel. And the the cool thing is then on the back end, you can say okay every month we run the reports and we see yeah. what was was right and didn't work and and adjust and fix but yeah it's it's an ongoing painful process and it's funny that you mentioned you know breaking people's hearts like that's the one thing that we find with customers over and over again it's not about like certain verticals or certain ways the business is structured it really just comes down to are you a marketer that can take the bad news and take yeah. the The feedback and then go back and correct it and adjust and move forward. Because, you know, we find so many organizations, it's more just this um, musical chairs of like, make sure nobody says you did anything wrong to preserve your job. You know, people are just trying to hide everything and smooth things over. And those people ultimately never work out as clients because there's just you know, so much of what we do is kind of, you're doing new stuff, you're testing, you're pioneering and yeah, it's going to go wrong most of the time, you know? And so it, for you to be able to stomach that and move forward is that's what divides the the folks that work from us from, you know, from the rest of the pack.
0: It's true though. I mean, it, it, if you, it, it, just in, in my team, uh, if someone I can see that they've had an interaction with the client and they feel kind of weird about the interaction and I'll say, Hey, person. Um, what, what's wrong? And they're just like, I don't know. I think i upset them. And I said, did you upset them because you were a jerk? Or did you upset them because you were too honest? And they said, too honest. And I was like, was data involved? And they're like, yes. And I was like, was it accurate data? And they say, yes. And we're like, get over it. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Basically, you told them that something that they, they spent $25,000 on two years ago was garbage. And, you know, I mean, it, even if we're dealing with a client that is dealing with, um, that has like the full Monty Bentley version of HubSpot and they're uh, an apothecary that has a front store and sells 10 soaps, <laughs> telling them that is kind of hard sometimes that, are you doing any online sales? No, but they said that this is exactly what we needed. Ooh.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it could be that they were fooled. It could be that somebody likes to go to Boston in the fall for inbound. You know, there's a million reasons why that can happen. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah. Giving that news can be a challenge at best.
0: So let's talk about attribution models. Um, uh, This was one of the questions from the audience, which was, how do we build an attribution model?
1: Yeah, that's one thing that we are able to do that has been part of our kind of secret sauce is this idea that you do have enough data in Google Analytics to at least see how the channels are doing. Right. So, you know, but, I, but what a lot of people want to try and get down to is the actual one-to-one, you know, see like, okay, here's the program. These are the 10 people that we got and won. And oh, you know, like these three here were enterprise big buck ones. And so, you know, that's where we want to go. And what we found is like so many other technology things like crossing that last mile is just an insane expense. You know, like we can get to that channel info rather easily and inexpensively. I mean, you know, for 15 grand or less, you can get to that point of seeing at least like here's the 20 programs you're running ranked in order of how they're working and where they fall in the funnel. And you can get enough of a picture to adjust your programs and make a big difference. Um, but then, yeah, then there's that whole other level of, okay, well, if you want to build the thing where you can just, you've got all the data on everyone, what voyage they took and what's working and not working, you know, you've got to add a zero or or two to that. And, you know, you've got to add six months or a year. It's going to take a long time. And, And there's a lot of people that want to get there, you know, whether it's because the ticket price is so huge that they need to know. Or if they just have so much data that it's impossible for them to reconcile. Because that's the other, there's this neat little sweet spot where, you know, if you're closing like 10 deals a day, you can still go back in and look and say, okay, well, here's the 10 we got today. And, you know, over in the, um, you know, whether it's the app or through procurement or whatever, you can match those back and you can make it work. Mm -hmm. But then you grow out of that too. It You know, once you start converting over a hundred a day, then it becomes impossible again. So, yeah, it really kind of comes down to, do you want to get that? quick channel view where you can at least, you know, see the temperature all the way across the board for everything versus, okay, is this going to be a whole, you know, we're going to have an ongoing relationship and every month things need to be tweaked and checked because all this stuff is integrated together and it's a big ball of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that can be done and it's just a matter of, the great thing is it's, you know, go do the channel thing. It doesn't cost as much and see if it works because maybe you find out that there's, not even a there there, as people say, you know, it's like maybe you don't need to go any further. It could be good enough or it could be a waste of time, but at least you know what's going on at that point.
0: It is a good question. Well, maybe I'm asking it, but I'm just I'm I'm voting for it. Um, But I I, if someone's going to look at their data where and this is this is a pretty wide open so we can kind of, I think, put some bumpers on this. is there five sites or a couple sites that you would suggest that they go to first to start looking at their own data? Because I think that one of the things is that right now, I mean, I mean, come on, there's 16 million different places you can go to look for it. And then everyone's bending a marketer's ear on a podcast or on in a conference that, Oh my gosh, have you heard this tool? This is the only tool that you use. And then you forget to use it for two months and it's out of business. It's been purchased by Sprout or something. <laughs> yeah, right. So like um, what, are there are there kind of like standby tools or things that you would suggest um, if someone had a digital marketing strategy, what they would be what they should be focused on?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. I mean for nearly everyone, it's to start with your closed deals. You know, hopefully you've got a CRM or marketing automation system where you can go in and see, you know, where are these people coming from and you can get down to source codes and see where they're normally hitting. We have Google analytics in that stack because it's free. It's easy to get running. I mean, there's a ton of value there. Um, for most businesses, the email service provider is huge just because it's, that tends to be the best performing for almost every industry. It seems like, you know, people say email is dead, but it's just, it's, it's huge. Um, The other one, I don't know. We tend to fall a lot into SEO tools. Hrefs we keep coming back to just because they churn so much data. I mean, only Google spiders more data than they do. And so, and they have, you know, they have this full, um, list of you can do, if you don't know anything about the tool, there's a couple one-on-one reports that you can go in there and run. Right. But then it goes as far as if you just want to export all the stuff and run machine learning on it, like that's what we do. So um, there's there's that there. And then on the social side, it's just crazy. There's I, there's no one tool that we suggest. I mean, there might be something out there that we know, but it's just like, it's such a constantly changing thing as far as people shutting off their APIs and not allowing access yeah. There, there's no other way than to go into the network itself and kind of see and feel what's going on. And if you've got anything on that front, I would love to hear about that. Because yeah, that's, that's something that we can't solve for.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because we, we, we do, but it's a Frankenstein monster, right? Because what I'm trying to do is I, I started off a, a much younger, <laughs> less gray, um, more optimistic person. And then um, after getting burnt by reporting social media reporting tools and listening tools for seven years consecutively, I look at them. I look at every single one of them sideways, and I'm always not the easiest sales call um, during the presentations. But um, they no one nothing does everything right. So um, Google does like Google and Linux does a lot with your website. Like it does a lot. Like it does almost everything you need. Whereas um, if we're looking at something as traditional as a Hootsuite or a Sprout or a scheduling tool. It's a scheduling tool. So, <laughs> you know, if it has other elements to it, there are plug plugins that you can utilize. And we do utilize some plugins um, that will pull some sentiment, um, that will pull competitive analysis, which is useful. Um, but again, these are third-party tools that you get. And then you plug in and then you Zapier it and then you shove it over here and then you put another spreadsheet because one, one, one of the feedback was, um, your reports seem a little disjointed. <laughs> and I said, wow, well, <laughs> pulling them from 25 different sources. Um, and uh, obviously that was addressed because we, t- we tried it a couple of times and it was a, it was a no-go. But um, what, we were doing a few things through an, a great source, which was Rival IQ, was something that we really, really, really enjoyed. Um, and they have some fantastic in-depth analysis. That is, um, it's like social listening matched with um, sentiment analysis, matched with benchmarking. A lot of really, really good tools there. Again, though, um, if you want to monitor three brands, it's five thousand dollars if a month. It's, I mean, these are these are astronomically priced. <laughs> so once you get into the end, you're like, oh, this is this one's only like a hundred bucks a month. Well, this one's only two hundred dollars a month, and then it's like wow, it gets, it can be very expensive because data is expensive because like what you said is so true. The API gets turned off. So you have to be listening beyond that to allow for those outages. And LinkedIn, we hand count LinkedIn. LinkedIn's completely closed off. It will give us like, here's how many posts you posted. I know how many posts posted.
1: (laughs) Right, that we can. Editorial
0: calendar. (laughs) I have people that were counting them. Um, So yeah, but it's not like um, who's the most influential out of these three people? Look at all of their posts, count their reactions and come up with an equation that makes sense. I mean, that's literally what we're we're doing internally. Um, It works really really successfully, not fast. Um, That's why when a lot of people will um, say to uh, about reporting, reporting doesn't matter. I'm just like, oh, your good's gonna matter if I'm putting it together because this is a lot of really important data that has to, it's pretty expensive and does take a lot of your time. But um, yeah, I don't have a real one size fits all on that. Um, I, I find that some of the larger companies offer lots of solutions that are not
1: accurate.
0: Um, so you'll get numbers that look good and pretty reports. that are very colorful and it's like, oh, wow, this looks like very successful. It must be because of the app it's so successful. I like the ones that when your results are bad, they're bright red, bold, and like big arrows going down because I know that they're wanting us to be more successful rather than the ones that are just like, oh, you have a 4% downturn. And it's like, well, 4% and how am I? You know? Yeah,
1: right, right. <laughs> What's the whole take? Now, I'm glad to hear that because yeah, that echoes what we've seen. And I mean, for a, I've been in more than one call where we've said, look if these three systems here are within 20% you, you got to take that as a win like that's yeah. fantastic
0: yeah and it's fine too because like i think clients are understanding this now like they're they're saying like hey well why isn't this why isn't this absolutely like congruent like, right right don't own Facebook. Don't own LinkedIn. Don't own Twitter. Don't own Pinterest. I, don't, I I I'm I'm utilizing a platform, and that's what they're telling me. Sorry, and then we start talking about TikTok, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. We gotta we gotta stop. We gotta table right now. Um, those analytics are crazy because they're like, well, look at our direct competitor, and I said, I have no idea how they're doing that. I honestly have no idea. It could be ever. yeah.
1: That I I could go off forever about TikTok. I just that is just such an... a. Big ball of insanity, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of eyeballs there, so it's all good. You you want to get in there and fight, but man, everything from the data privacy to you, their algorithm, the way it works, and for it, it's just a it makes Facebook look like a calm town hall meeting. You know? It
0: does. <laughs> it does. It's it's a it's a challenging platform. We have seen success with clients on it, but it's not just because we had good ideas. And a good strategy it, it was like there's luck involved there's hitting things at the right time when they're usually it's usually i mean it's the same thing with all of these sites john like as soon as they're going public or they're going to be making a new announcement everyone gets really successful for the 48 hours before it because no one will say anything <laughs> negative about it it's like and there's a cycle to it so <clears throat> if i see that there's going to be a really good like some big announcement coming out i, I let everybody know internally i'm like hey guys your numbers are all gonna be really great, but it has nothing to do with you. So don't ask for a raise after next week because this is just kind of what happens. I mean, because yeah,
1: it's gonna be giant.
0: It's gonna be giant. They did that with LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn did um did an upgrade where they were talking about um not they did not upgrade. They were basically they they for like a whole month, I was looking at my statistics on advertising and they were so out of, the, out of the water, like, I don't know what happened. I thought I found, like, lightning in a bottle. I was trying to bottle it and give it to everybody. Like, I was like, this is great. This is great. Oh, sorry. Those were wrong. And they emailed seven or 10 of my clients and said, here's a $1,000 credit. We're sorry. These, those metrics were incorrect. And um, obviously I saved all those emails because that's kind of like, I was like, Oh, you're commit, you're admitting you're wrong. Okay. I have to show that you're fallible
1: to a client <laughs> right, in the right. future.
0: I'm sure. But, but that will happen. And they made a big announcement about something right around that time. And then they buried that, that conversation by giving people money. And I don't know. It's a game. And I understand it's a game. I'm trying to, I try to focus on the, uh, <sighs> The humans that are using the platform rather than the figureheads that are that are running them,
1: but. Yeah, but that's really interesting though because I we've, we see that where you think maybe it's just a fuel mix thing. Like they could be doing at the end of the quarter or two months before, you know, you're just, that ads are getting in front of more people and you're kind of getting more hits on the house kind of thing. But to have that just be like, oh no, the reporting thing was totally wrong. Like there, there's no reality at all in that. That's, yeah, that's scarier and creepier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did, um, and Google did something <clears throat> around that time, very, very similar. And um, their story really got buried. And I think <laughs> that Lincoln took more of a key and Google was just like, ah, oh, we've been doing this too. Let's sneak the story in. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I, I've been screwed over by these platforms so many times that I know when they're being funny. Like all <laughs> of a sudden, like, how many facebook support people are reaching out to help me with my campaigns now a lot a lot (laughs) how how hard was it to get anybody on um, the phone with facebook two years ago a lot yeah yeah, now i got sabine i got beth i got rob i mean i got i got a whole bunch of
1: people (laughs) the muffet basket is showing up yeah no, that's totally the (laughs) you know something's going on
0: well okay so uh, so just to kind of um just to wrap up is there any kind of tips or any kind of like last piece of advice that you would like to share with with the audience, John, regarding anything we talked about or stuff we didn't talk about?
1: Oh, God. Yeah, well, I, I'll go back to the um, search console. Get search console straight and, you know, go in there. And if your whole mindset for your website needs to be mobile first, like if it doesn't run well on a phone, there's all these problems that spring out of that, you know, that are, are downstream. Whereas if you get it to work right on the phone, like a whole bunch of stuff downstream will just resolve that you don't have to spend any time on. So that would be the big one. And then, yeah, self-serving one would be and get Google analytics plugged in and write and, and give me a call when you, it's not working right. Cause we can get that (laughs) fixed for you.
0: So where's the best um, place for somebody to find you?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm over on LinkedIn all the time. I, Blather on Twitter about work and Ted Lasso. So you can hear me over there. <laughs> and uh, of course, marketingovercoffee.com too is a, a great place. We're always posting stuff over there.
0: Okay, fantastic, John. I'm going to put all of the links to John's, um, John's social media that he just mentioned in the descriptions of the show. So you can very easily connect with them. If you'd like to speak with John for any reason, you can reach out using those links that are in the description or you can just ask for an introduction. I'm happy to do it. Um, so John, thank you so much for joining us today on the Social Marketing Academy.
1: Um, Oh, thanks, Chris. A pleasure. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did as well. I love talking about marketing. I love talking about analytics. Um, a lot more of that coming up, folks. So if you don't, if you don't like marketing or analytics, um, sorry, that's what we're (laughs) going to be talking about coming towards the end of the year. Everyone's talking about the holidays. Everyone's talking about how they're going to build their conversions and how much money they should be spending, uh. We'll probably talk about that, right? So um, tune into upcoming episodes. Make sure that you go to our website, gosalesandmarketing.com. That's my digital agency, the Go Agency's website. On there, we have our podcast page. Click on it. You can see all the past guests, just like John, who shared some fantastic insight that might help your business grow above and beyond. Um, And then also we have our Bulletproof Marketer email blast. It's going to pop up I don't know, 48 times on the website while you're there until you actually are into submission and sign up. And guess what? It converts high. So you're not mad at me. So don't be mad at me. Um, So uh, please do. That comes out twice a week. It's fun. It's light. And it's packed full of good information that will help you level up. All right, folks, that's it for me, Christopher Tompkins, and I'll see you on a future episode of the Social Marketing Academy. Take care of yourselves, folks.